Hey, Story Pirates podcast listeners, Lee here. Welcome back to episode three of season six. Today, the Story Pirates track down Nimini, who is working at a very peculiar company in New York City. We also have two new stories for you, Porch Boogie, a song about porches that detach from their houses in order to start a dance party. And a very monstrous game show about the only game show where contestants genetically engineer terrifying monsters to win the golden gross thing. Whatever that is. And best of all, today's special guest is the very talented actor Christy Carlson Romano. If you're a brand new listener, feel free to keep listening or you can go all the way back to season one, episode one and follow us from the beginning. That episode's called Fred the Carrot slash I Love a Ghost and it's a great place to start. The hunt for Nimini in NYC begins, coming up right after these quick words for the grownups. Hey, grown-ups! If you live in the Midwest United States, you can bring your kids to see Story Pirates live on the Amazing Adventure Tour, proudly sponsored by Carnegie Hall Kids. You can find tickets at storypirates.com live. Shows feature Eric from the Story Pirates podcast and Peter hosting in Wisconsin and Illinois. The Amazing Adventure Tour is headed to these cities in May. Iowa City, Iowa, St. Paul, Minnesota, Akron, Ohio, Plainfield, Indiana, Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin, featuring Peter, Skokie and Joliet, Illinois, also featuring Peter. We really would love to see you there. That ticket link again is storypirates.com slash live. Now back to the show. Hey, grown-ups! If you're a fan of comedy, there's a brand new podcast from our friend Justin Bartha that I wanted to tell you about. You may remember Justin from Episode 7 this season. He's the treasure hunter at the Met, and as you heard, a seriously funny actor. Justin's show is called King of the Egg Cream, and in addition to Justin, it has just the most incredible cast. Again, this show's just for grown-ups and probably older kids. Grown-ups, you can take a listen yourself and see what you think. But if you're a fan of hilarious stuff and well-told stories, you will probably like King of the Egg Cream. Here's a taste. Ah, wow. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Hey, I'm waltzing over here. Where'd these people learn to drive? You know... Nobody ever taught me how to drive. Hey, Lee, do you know how to drive? A car? No, I just take the train everywhere. Do any of us know how to drive a car? Nope, I can drive a boat. Oh, actually, I forgot how. That's so weird. I don't know a single New Yorker who owns a car, but this city is full of cars all the time. Who's driving these things? Oh, I, I don't remember how to drive. Yeah. Why was I doing that? How was I doing that? Where was I even going to park? Dad! What are you doing here? Why are you doing here? I'm in the New York I forgot about it! Did I cause this? I don't know, but people are starting to stare. Let's get out of here! Go, go, go!
I've been told I've had an overactive imagination. It makes me feel cozy. Ding. Your pen and paper have arrived. I get all my best ideas when I'm riding around my driveway on a scooter. They write most of my stories for fun. There's so much out there that we'll probably never know. The Story Pirates. Welcome back to the Story Pirates podcast, where we do not throw any of New York's fine drivers into an existential crisis. Yeah, we take stories written by kids and turn them into sketch comedy and songs. Per our contract. I told you, Megan, none of us are contractually obligated to do the podcast. Isn't that why we're getting Nimini right now? We are getting her to do the podcast, yes, but... See? I don't know why you keep arguing with me. (sighs) I give up. Where'd you say she was again? Look around you, Lee. Notice anything interesting about the billboards? I never go anywhere without my rational fashion satchel. Only from irrational fashion, where rational fashion is our unabashed passion. Ugh, that's really hard to say. Hmm? What do you mean we're still recording? That's Nimini, holding a rational fashion satchel? Isn't that just another infinity bag? It is. Over the summer, she sold the design to Irrational Fashion, and they made her their chief bag designer and the face of the company. I haven't seen her ever since, except for on all these billboards. I think she spends most of her time at the office now. So what's the plan? Do we just walk in there? Probably not. It's on the 75th floor, so we'll want to take the elevator. Megan, why don't you and Lee go on ahead and get Nemini? There's a ladle store nearby, and I've been meaning to get myself a ladle with my name engraved on it so that nobody mistakes it for their ladle. How many times do I have to say sorry for using your ladle? You used it to unclog the garbage disposal. That's not what it's for, and you know it. I shall accompany these two. Someone with my calm and cool demeanor should be around to mediate. Wait! Before we split up, let's listen to a story! Yeah! Yeah! Okay, listeners, have you ever had a magic notebook that made the porch of your house dance? And then did a giant bonk his head on the notebook and break it so that the porches couldn't stop dancing? Yeah, me neither. But that's what happens in this next song. Here's the author to introduce it. Hi, my name's Elias. I'm four years old. I live in Washington. This is my story, The Porch Boogie. <laughs> Porches! Yeah? It's Friday night, and you know what that means. Porch party! That's right. So shake loose of your houses and get ready to boogie down! Boogie down, boogie down, porches down to the boogie down! Let me tell you a little story about the porch boogie. It's the dance porches dance at the porch party. Yeah, I'm talking about the porches in your neighborhood. When you're out on Friday night, boy, they're feeling good. Boogie down, boogie down, porches down to the boogie down! Now how do porches dance? Well, I'm glad that you asked. There's a magic notebook and a spell that it casts. Though a normal porch party is from 7, seven to 10. ten. On one fateful night, well, the party wouldn't boogie end. Boogie down, boogie down, porches down to the boogie down. Boogie down, boogie down, porches down to the boogie down. The porches boogied and boogied all night long, but they couldn't stop. Hey, front porch, don't you think this party's way too long? Yes, screen porch. I agree, there's been no ending to this song. Just then they looked around, then the covered patio said, That giant took our notebook and broke it with his head. That 
sorry. You know, that was You shouldn't do that. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm gonna go. The notebook broke, the music played, the butchers had to dance and stay. The people drove up to their lawns and saw that the butchers were gone. Where did my porch go? Hi, 311, I'd like to report a missing porch. Yes, I'll hold. After two full days of the porch boogie, with the porches still stuck at the porch party, a builder drove by through the neighborhood and spotted all the porches. They're dancing in the woods. We're ending boogie down. Help us, please, and the boogie down. Something must be done here. The builder exclaimed to end the porch party and get order reclaimed. Now blowing in the breeze, he saw paper fly by. Could they be from a notebook? Hmm, maybe it's a sign. It's a sign. Here's some glue and some twine. Page then another got to glue each page back in. As the hours passed, he was gluing fast, but the time was wearing very thin. A crowd began to gather, rows and rows of people deep. The final page, it's back in place. Hey, porches! Wait, they're asleep. The porches slept, the people cheered. The party stopped, the forest cleared. All was well around the town at the end of the boogie. A very long boogie. End of the boogie, end of the boogie, end of the porches and the boogie down. Ground floor, going up. I can't believe Nimini really sold the Infinity Bag to a fashion company. I thought she didn't want to sell it to anyone. I thought the same thing. She did call me before taking the deal. I gave her my blessing, but Lufa didn't take it so well. Are those two okay? I was a little surprised to see them apart. There's still some tension. You know, Lufa came to me that same night and told me her side of the story. I'm Nimini, and Irrational Fashion is my new best friend. I'd do anything for them, even throwing Lufa, my former best friend, into a valley full of stampeding wildebeest. Long live the queen. <laughs> that can't be what really happened. That's just the big dramatic scene from Animal Hamlet. Now that you mention it, she did tell me all of this during Animal Hamlet's intermission. She may have been exaggerating, but that doesn't change the fact that she felt betrayed. 75th floor. Doors opening. Wow, I never realized a real fashion office was this busy. What do you think everyone's typing? Business. They're literally typing the word business over and over again. Wait a minute, these aren't even real workers at all. They're robots. Robots can be real workers too, Lee. I once went to a sushi restaurant and a robot brought me my water even though I ordered a tea. Just like any human worker, they too are flawed. But these robots aren't doing any real work. Hmm, you do have a point. If this were a real fashion office, all the robots would be typing the word fashion. Something about this office feels kind of... Irrational. Do you hear that? Uh, Lee, could you move out of the way? This is actually my applause. Who's even clapping? I don't see anyone. Well done. It appears you've been able to look past my facade and into the irrational. <gasps> You're Danica Midsummer, the founder of Irrational Fashion. Oh, can I just say that I love that you're descending from the ceiling on a floating platform? Now that's an entrance. I'm glad you like it, because it's the only way to reach our real offices. Isn't that kind of... Irrational? 
I was gonna say a fire hazard. Oh, you got me there. This platform is extremely flammable, just like all the clothes we make. So tell me, what brings you to Irrational Vessel? We're here to find our friend Nimini. We need her for the podcast we all do together. You have a podcast? Is it about dolphins or crime? I only listen to podcasts about dolphins who do crimes. So if it's not about dolphins who do crimes, I've probably never heard of it. Is it about that? About dolphins who do crimes? Well, no, it's it's not about dolphins who do crimes. Well, then I've never heard of it. But if you don't mind my asking, what's your problem with dolphins who do crimes? Yeah, Lee, those dolphins are only doing what they have to do to get by. What? I don't have a problem with dolphins who do crimes. Good. You should consider adding them. Dolphins <laughs> who do crimes. Now about Nimini, she doesn't work on the 75th floor, but climb on the platform and I will take you right to her. So Nimini works on the 76th floor? Oh no, I wouldn't dream of confining her creativity to such a rational floor. Oh, um, uh, please try not to scream. Scream? Why would we- (laughs) Everything's melting away. What is reality? What's happening? Where are we? I said not to scream. Okay, okay deep okay. breaths. <gasps> okay. Better. Now reality hasn't melted away. We're simply headed to Nimini's lab on the irrationally numbered floor. The square root of 75. What makes the square root of 75 irrational? Oh, bless your heart. You must not know about irrational numbers. I do, of course, but Lee doesn't. So explain it, please. Irrational numbers are numbers that can't be expressed as a fraction. For example, 75 can be expressed as 75 over 1, which makes it rational. But numbers like pi, the golden ratio, or the square root of 75 cannot be, making them irrational. Try to fully express any of those numbers and their decimal points will continue on forever with no discernible repeating pattern. Of course, mathematicians know this. And so did I, but keep explaining. But what we realized was that the never-ending string of decimals leaves just enough of a tiny crack in reality to peek into other dimensions. This was the fundamental principle that Nimini was able to detect and manipulate in order to create the rational satchel. The infinity bag? Yes, she called it that. Nimini happened to be looking exactly where we were looking, within those cracks, within the irrational. That is where irrational fashion exists. Oh, (laughs) here we are. Welcome to the square root of 75th floor. Bathrooms are down the rabbit hole. Don't talk to the rabbit. Whoa, Nimini's lab is huge. There are so many machines I'm afraid to touch. I'm not afraid to touch them, but I'm being respectful. Mm, You guys can touch stuff, just nothing that's glowing. (gasps) Nimini! We'll be right back. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is brought to you by Paramount Pictures' new big-screen family comedy adventure, If... Set within the magical world of imaginary friends, IF's fantastically fun original story entertains audiences of all ages and delivers a comedy packed with lots of laughs and heart. IF is in theaters May 17th. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing IF because of all the weird, wild, and funny characters. I saw the trailer, and there's this weird banana-looking character that you can only see in the trailer for like a second, but I'm obsessed. What's that guy's deal? I cannot wait to find out. 
Plus, if you know me, you know I like a stacked cast, and this one has got it all. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., and Steve Carell. Uh, A-list much? Not to mention that If also has my personal favorite actor of all time. That's right, Jon Stewart. I am excited to see this movie, not least of all, because I'd like to see and or hear Jon Stewart on the big screen. From visionary director John Krasinski, If is about a girl who discovers that she can see everyone's imaginary friends. It's the perfect movie to see with the whole family and takes audiences on a magical big screen adventure filled with heart and hilarious laughs that are meant to be shared. Best of all, If celebrates the power of a child's imagination, which, you know, sounds pretty good to me. See If in theaters May 17th. Hey grown-ups, today's episode is sponsored by DoorDash, where you can get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with DashPass, and new members get a 30-day free trial. Hey Peter! Hey Lee! What you doing? Just waiting for a delivery. Oh, that's cool. What are you getting? It's here! Thank you! Delicious sushi! Aren't you going to eat it now? Oh no, I'm waiting for a delivery. I thought that was your delivery. Another delivery. It's here! Thank you! What's that delivery? Groceries. Oh, uh, want help putting them away? Thanks, but not yet. I'm waiting for a delivery. Another delivery? It's here! Thank you! Peter, why are you getting... It's here! Thank you! This seems like a lot it's of... It's here! Thank you! Peter, why do you keep getting so many deliveries? It's too easy! I can't stop! Well, what's that delivery you just got? Oh, more sushi? <sighs> Wow, I guess getting that many deliveries makes you hungry. You have no idea. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, grown-ups! this next message is for you. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. One thing about me is that I love animals. I am not a dog or a cat person. I am both a dog and a cat person. And honestly, I don't want to brag, but animals love me too. If I'm visiting friends or family and they have a pet, there's a pretty good chance that I'll spend more time with the pet than whoever it is I came to see. So it is a huge bummer that I also happen to have really bad allergies around dogs and cats. I start sneezing, my eyes water, and I even sometimes have trouble breathing. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. And guess what? Just the other day, I went to visit my dog friend, Opie, and I made sure that I took a Claritin D ahead of time, and my allergies were totally under control. We were able to run and play and wrestle, and I nuzzled him and everything. 
Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Nimity! <gasps> Lee, are you okay? You usually just say gasp instead of actually gasping. <gasps> Wait, did you finally go see a doctor about that? No, I haven't had time. I've been spending the whole summer digging tunnels underneath New York City. Oh, good. I'm just genuinely surprised to see you in person. We both are. You know, because reality just melted in front of us and pieced itself back together, and now we're in some sort of pocket dimension created by math? <laughs> we thought we might have stopped existing for just a second. Oh, that. I just call it the office. <laughs> That's a little office humor. Was was there, was that a joke? <laughs> I don't like it. Okay, thanks for bringing them in, Danica. Of course, Nimini. You spend so much time hard at work, you need to see your friends every now and then. It's only rational. It's rational to have a task to focus on, too, you know. I was a little surprised to hear that you'd taken on a new job so quickly. The last time we saw each other, you and Lufo were ready to just wander around the city. Hmm, we were. How is she? Busy. She's been doing the sound engineering for the podcast. That's that's great. And I'm glad she's happy. She told me that the last time you saw her, you threw her into a stampede of wildebeests. What happened exactly? Well, I didn't throw her into any stampedes, that's for sure. But there's been some distance between us. I think it all happened gradually. I really was excited to just wander around New York and let myself get lost in my own thoughts, but pretty soon, that was all I was doing. I had too much time to think and that became overwhelming. I started trying out all sorts of new hobbies just to keep me grounded. Painting, pottery, I even took up piano. Are you any good? You tell me. Mm, uh, uh, oh, all right. Uh, um, you know, so about Lufa, she wasn't into it? No, she loved my piano playing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. turns out Lufa's an actress too. Once I started traveling in between dimensions on my own, Lufa got worried about me. But I couldn't really tell her what I was looking for because I wasn't sure myself. Eventually, I ran into Danica. She told me that Irrational Fashion was interested in supporting my research and offered me a job. Like I said, I needed to focus on something, so I took the job right on the spot. And when you got back home to tell Lufa she didn't take it well? Personally, I thought it was a particularly well-written email. Imini! What? I know, I know, I know. I haven't been making the most rational decisions lately. It hasn't been a very easy summer for me. Nimini, you never told me any of this. I just didn't want to distract from my work. It's been nice having the simplicity of coming to the lab and designing bags, recording billboard ads, and researching tears in the fabric of reality. I know you love your work and you've done an irrationally excellent job, but as your supervisor, I'm telling you to take a vacation. Go talk to your friend right now. It may feel easier to hide in the irrational spaces of reality, but you need to talk about your feelings and to listen to hers. It's the only rational thing to do. You're right. Thank you, Danica. Also, we need you to come to the podcast. Oh, right, because of my contract. There's no contract. I've heard good things about your podcast, by the way. Your friends tell me that this season you'll be adding dolphins who do crimes. 
We doing what now? We'll talk about it later. Say, is reality going to melt away again while we travel back to our dimension? Mm, probably. Then I will be closing my eyes. And in the meantime, why don't we listen to a story? Okay. Sure. And here's the author to introduce it. My name is Charlie. I'm 12 years old. I live in Utah. And this is my story, A Very Monstrous Game Show. Welcome back to the Monstrous Game Show, the only game show where contestants genetically engineer terrifying monsters to win the Golden Gross Thing. But don't ask me what that is. You see, we've never had a winner in the history of this show, as the monsters always end up eating all the contestants and the hosts. <laughs> Let's meet today's five contestants. First, hailing from the Isle of the Monkey Frogs, it's Beans Finkelnose. Hello, or as they say on my island, ooh, rip it. What brings you to the monstrous game show? Well, growing up on the Isle of the Monkey Frogs, I have experience with mutated creatures. So when I first heard of this show, I was all, <laughs> I could win this thing. Sounds like you've got a fighting chance. Up next, hailing from the country of school cafeteria surly lunch lady land, it's Marge. What's in that soup? Hello. What brings you here, Marge? In school cafeteria surly lunch lady land, we proudly serve the worst school lunches on the planet. And since the kids at my school already complain about my food being monstrous, I thought I'd just lean into it. Sounds disgusting. Next, from the town of McKenna McCanny, it's Chuck Greaser! Yeah, I got no clever greetings, just tough, rough, mechanical stuff. Why did you decide to come here? I'm a mechanic, and I build monster trucks. I thought maybe if I pour some toxic waste on it, I'll have a decent monster. I don't know, I'm just here for my kids. Up next, contestant number four from the island of Mauritius, it's Bob. And it says here in my notes, the guy who totally isn't a dodo in a trench coat. Yeah, I mean, hi, I'm a normal human guy. Bob, tell us, why did you want to come on the monstrous game show? Totally not because I'm an evil genius dodo bird who is planning to create a monster to take over the world. Excuse me. Okay, good. On to our final contestant from Normalville, it's Avery Boring Desk. I'm sorry, I thought this was the address of a pizza shop, but I guess it's a game show? Contestants, you know the drill. I don't. It's time to go to your genetical engineering stations and start creating your new monstrous fiends. I, I don't know how to do this. Ready, set, splice! <laughs> and while you make your monsters, it's time for a commercial break. I mean, do you need a superhero crushing robot, a shrink ray, or one of those plastic packages that just won't open? Evil Dodo Co. has got you covered for all your secret supervillain needs. The only evil product company that is definitely not run by a dodo in a trench coat. He's an evil dodo. No, I'm not. Squat, excuse me. <laughs> and we're back. Contestants, it's time to show us what literal monsters you have created. And let's hope that this doesn't end the same way it always does, with all of us being eaten by monsters. I'm sorry, what? First up, it's Beans. I have created a monster I call Monkey Frogzilla. Ooh, ribbit. 
Next up, it's Marge. This big boy I call Grooslump. He's a big blob made from all the leftover food in my cafeteria. Salads, nachos, puddings, tater tots, and pizza. Wait, so this is a pizza place? Grooslump hungry. Nom, 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 nom. Up next, it's Chuck. I built a regular monster truck, but when I dump toxic waste on it... <laughs> It turned into a monster, monster truck. Hungry for game show hosts. <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Next up, it's Bob. I created this, the Dodosaurus Rex. It's a T-Rex and definitely not a monstrously giant dodo hiding inside a monster-sized trench coat. <laughs> up last, it's the kid that thought this was a pizza place, Avery. I managed to roll up a ball of fuzz and subject it to what I think is some gamma radiation? Did anything happen? No. Okay. Oh, you know what that buzzer means. Our judges have made their decision. Judges, what have- Squawk! I mean, hold it right there. This whole time you thought I was just a man in a trench coat. I am actually, big reveal here, Dodo in a trench coat! Wow! I think I speak for all of us when I say none of us saw this coming! I'm going to use my Dodosaurus to take over the world! Starting by eating this game show host! No! <laughs> wow, I probably should have seen this coming. The audience is next in line to get eaten! <laughs> Marge, Beans, Chuck, what should we do? Maybe our monsters can defeat the Dodosaurus. Yeah! Grease Lump? Hungry! Monster Truck! <laughs> Monkey Frogzilla! Ooh, Rivet! Attack! <laughs> oh no! Our monster stopped right in front of the Dodosaurus! They're tying napkins around their necks and getting out knives and forks. They've joined forces with him? Now I have a monster army! What is this? I just wanted pizza! Wait, guys, my radioactive fluff ball has started to glow. And it's growing bigger! Does it want to eat us too? Me want hugs! Hugs! Hugs? What are hugs going to do? Let's find out. Fluffball, hug those monsters! <laughs> Fluffball has taught them how to love! Now he's going to hug Dodosaurus! Dodosaurus won't be tricked by a silly hug! <laughs> I was wrong! That's exactly what's happening! I'm still inside this Dodosaurus, and this hug is tight! <laughs> hey! The Dodosaurus was hugged so hard that he spit me out! I've been defeated! Curse you, Avery! In a series first, it looks like the judges have picked a winner. Perhaps the hero to us all, Fluffball? They've just handed me the card here. And the winner is... Grease Lump? Hooray! <laughs> yes! What do I win? <laughs> you win this! A golden gross thing! Wow, that's 
so gross. And golden. <laughs> the end. And now, Lee speaks with the author. So, Charlie, you wrote a very monstrous game show. Yes, I did. Can you tell me how you came up with that story? So, I've always loved your game show stories. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved creating weird monsters. So, I just thought, how about I put those two together? Do you have a favorite of the contestants that you made up? Bob, who's totally not an evil genius Dodo. So, tell me about that character. So, you know how dodos went extinct because people hunted them on the island of Mauritius? Uh-huh. There's actually another island called Dodo Land, which was ruled by dodos. Is that real? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Bob, he's mad because a bunch of his relatives were hunted by humans, so he kind of wants revenge. And so he opened Evil Dodo Co. to see how many evil humans there are. And he doesn't want to attack the evil humans. He wants to join with the evil humans so that they can take over the world. That's an impressive amount of backstory for that character. Some of it was improv. That's like an interesting instinct you have to justify the actions of your characters. Unless they're a totally evil villain. And then I'm like, okay, he cannot be justified. He is just scary. What's fun about a character that's just totally evil? It's very fun when they get beaten up. It's more fun if, like, they throw a pie at his face first. Right. If they get him real good, then it's satisfying. Yeah, they embarrass him. When you write, are you writing most for your own enjoyment, or are you thinking about how readers will feel when they read your material? Honestly, kind of both. I want um, people to enjoy it, but I also especially want myself to enjoy it. It sounds really effortless for you, but are there times when writing is difficult? Oh, yes. I stopped working on one of my books for like about a month when I just couldn't think of anything to write. And did you ever come back to it? Yes, I did. And so what what changed? Like what made you able to keep going? So really, I was just on a walk and I was like, think, think, think. And then it just popped into my head. Wow. So were you thinking about it the whole time or was it like just randomly you thought of it? Randomly. Like I wasn't thinking about it when I was in the middle of like doing something with my friends. It was just where I was on my own, like I was in bed or I was just taking a walk. In fact, I get all my best ideas when I'm riding around my driveway on a scooter. Oh, wow. And why do you think that is? The Mighty Master Scooter just decreed it to be so. There you go, making up another character. I'm imagining a guy with a, a really buff, like, superhero with a scooter for a face. <laughs> Amazing. Charlie, thanks for talking me through your creative process, and thanks for letting us perform your story. Thanks for calling me. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for Story Pirates Roll Call. up from a seven-year-old in Maryland named Ellie, we have a story called Every Grandma and Grandpa Lives in Boston, which is maybe my favorite title I've ever seen. And in the world of this story, it's true. Every grandma and grandpa does live in Boston, except for two grandparents that live in New York. Will they get to Boston so they can have a party with all the other grandparents? 
You're going to have to read it to find out. Great work, Ellie. Our next story comes from Australia from Arlo, who's 11 years old. And Arlo's story is called The Story Story. And this story is kind of genius because not only is it a very exciting story, but it also tells you how to write a great, exciting story as you read it. With characters like Backfill and Sizzling Start, you can't read this story without knowing how to write a story. So if you're looking for some tips for how to make your story more exciting, I would read Arlo's The Story Story. Thanks, Arlo! And finally, from Willow, a nine-year-old in Alabama, we have an incredible story called Gooey Goo. But actually, Gooey Goo is a song, and Willow sings it for us. Take a listen. It's so gooey-ooey-goo, everyone hates it, and it covers Las Vegas. That's just a taste of the song. If you want to know everything that happens in Gooey Goo, you're going to have to read it for yourself. Thanks, Willow! To read all of today's Roll Call stories, head to storypirates.com slash podcast. That was Roll Call. And now it's time for you to write us a story. And if you don't know where to start, here's a story spark to help you along. This week, we asked Elias, the author of Porch Boogie, the following question. If you could have a birthday cake that was shaped like anything in the whole world, what would you want it to be shaped like? A butterfly with a dinosaur on top. So kids, what's your answer to that question? And can you use your answer as inspiration for a brand new story? Grown-ups can submit kids' stories at storypirates.com. And remember, we respond to every single story we receive. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and a big thanks to today's authors, Elias and Charlie. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay creative and stay kind. Bye! The Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Story Pirates Studios, executive produced by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. This episode was produced by Sam Baer, Minzwi Karami, Peter McNerney, Andrew Miller, and Lee Overtree. Recording, sound design, and mixing by Sam Baer at the Relic Room in New York City. Our theme song was written by Bobby Lord and produced by Sam Baer, Bobby Lord, Jack Mitchell, and Brendan O'Grady. Roll call theme by Andrew Barbado. Musical scoring by Jack Mitchell and Eric Gerson. Our head writer is Minzwi Karami. Contributing writers are Peter McNerney, Lee Overtree, Louis Perlman, and Alexis Simpson. Special guest, Christy Carlson Romano. This episode features performances by Chris Ferry, Ilana Fishbein, Lindsay Ford, Eric Gerson, Gabby Hornig, Quinton Johnson, April Laval, Cassidy Layton, Angelo McDonough, Peter McNerney, Jack Mitchell, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Rebecca Robles, Anna Rock, Peter Russo, Jamie Watson, Addie Weirich, Nimini Ware, Brandon Zellman, and Matt Zimbrano. The Porch Boogie was written and produced by Jack Mitchell. Double. 
dolphins who do crime. Back in the year 2020, a pod of dolphins became trapped inside of a movie theater for two years, where they binge-watched every episode of Law and Order, Criminals with Nets. Their mass exposure to these crime-driven stories turned the dolphins into criminal masterminds. And once they were released from the theater, they had no choice but to roam the streets of New York doing crimes. The public now knows them only as Dolphins Who Do Crime.